Welcome to Sperm Donation World episode 10. I'm your host, Adam Hooper. A common scenario in Sperm Donation Australia is women staying in too long in a relationship with a person that doesn't want children. In some instances, the guy dangles a carrot of the possibility and then retracts when push comes to shove. In other situations, they agree down the track that they will and then later down that stage, they've changed their mind. It's a big deal for these women. They've risked a vital period of their time as fertility decreases and it's normally at an age where it starts to become increasingly uh, critical each passing month and they just find, they just go to find themselves back at square one again. Many are then forced to donor option. Today we speak to a lady who literally walked away from a relationship a couple of days ago in a quest for motherhood. Welcome to the show, Melissa Leanne. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be here. That's good to have you here too. I mean, obviously, you've, you know, you're fresh from a breakup. Yeah. Uh, so we really, uh, firstly, I'd like to say that, you know, acknowledge how brave you are for coming on the show today. You know, everything must be still playing heavily on your mind. Mm, definitely. <laughs> how old are you now, Melissa? I'm 43, uh, 44 in July. So, yeah. You'd have it playing on your mind now for, for a little while that, Children, having children, possibility oh, of having to, children. Yeah, I've wanted to be a mum since I can remember. Um, wanting to, you know, have it the traditional way, you know, you know, a, a husband and a family and and all that kind of thing. And um, I've had a couple of marriages that have ended, you know, not very good situations. And um, really not interested in getting married again, but have put myself out there, you know, over the last few years to meet somebody because. Now, let's face it, most people don't want to be alone, you know. I'm very lucky to have a great supportive family, you know, my mum and my brothers and sisters and so many really good friends. I'm very, very lucky to do that, you know, to have that. But there's just one thing missing, you know, someone to love me unconditionally and, and a child, you know. It's just sort of never happened for me as much as I've tried over the years, you know. So, yeah. These marriages and previous relationships you had, they just weren't, well, I can't say they're marriage material because you actually married married a couple of them. In terms of having uh, having children with them, uh, it's, it just yeah. wasn't working or it just didn't, we didn't have those conversations yet? Yeah, no, well, my first husband, I married back in 2001, so I was about 26 and he had a daughter. So we got married fully intending to have children as far as I was aware anyway. I was very, I've been at very overweight most of my adult life, probably since being a teenager and, you know, as time gone on and, you know, marriages and heartbreak and life gets, you know, you obviously put more weight on, comfort eat. So that's the situation that I've been in, in for many years and, and I was in that situation in my first marriage. Um, my first husband had a daughter and she came to live with us at three years old within, I think it was about two months of us getting married. Her mum decided that she couldn't sort of look after her anymore there was too much going on so she came to live with us and I accepted her into my life she chose over time to call me mummy but we sort of talked to her and told her that she had two mummies that loved her and 
I, I played the stepmom role, you know, the played the mother role, and she became my my little world, you know, because I've always had a maternal nature. I've always wanted to be a mum for as long as I can remember. I've worked in childcare. This is my 19th year working in childcare or nannying or something. I've even spent, you know, nine months working with child safety, you know, so children and child protection and, and children's rights and, and loving children has all been what I'm about my whole life, you know. So I always thought that I would eventually become a mum, you know. So my first marriage... Two years in, I discovered that my husband had been molesting her. Jeez. So, yeah, I just I basically, you know, stepped into protection mode and I took her away. But um, as a result of all that, like we went to the police and everything like that, I lost her because her mum decided to have her back. Um, so I was just the stepmom. As long as he didn't have her, um, yeah, I, yeah, so I lost her. That was, you know, I remember grieving for my marriage to a certain degree but what he did was I guess enough to kill what it, the love that I had for him the hurt that the hurt that I always remember was um, losing her because I loved her with all my being you know yeah and that, that's a that's a really heavy heavy um, story I mean I mean you hear about people in society and I guess you could say they're freaks I guess um, to be doing this sort of stuff to have those fetishes, I mean, some people have them with other children, but then, I mean, I don't know, just to be doing it with their own child, I mean, no no, no child's acceptable, but, I mean, their own yeah. child, like... Yeah, that's a whole nother, a whole nother can of worms, you know, all that, oh. yeah. So. Oh, it must have... But, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, for you to, you know, even have that life tragedy, tragedy and to lose this girl because... Well, that I mean, geez, that must have really had your doubts in men, or you know, um, mm. for, you know, to see that firsthand and and be in a marriage that was like that. Oh, geez, I couldn't think of a situation any worse, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we did talk about having children, and 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 I try. I guess we tried in a, you know casual sense you know like we were you know intimate and um and that so you know and I remember having pregnancy tests and it not ever you know working back then I think I might have even been diagnosed with PCOS yeah so then all that kind of happened and all the whole baby thing got put on the back burner you know obviously because I was I was on my own again and dealing with the loss of her and, and it was another seven years apart from one relationship I had where the, the man lived overseas, I did have a relationship. I didn't have a proper full relationship with someone for seven years after my marriage ended. You can, you can I guess, see the, the gap in, you know, like I was, say, 28, 29 when our marriage ended and then all of a sudden I'm, you know, in mid-30s, you know, and... And you, oh, I, of course, I had thought about doing it on my own, but I, th- I always had that hope that I would meet somebody and, um, you know, have a family the traditional way, I guess, you know, for want of a better term. But yeah. uh, this next relationship you had, obviously, it, it fell apart as well. Yeah, so I met somebody when I was about 35. I met a gentleman who lived here in Australia, but he actually was from another country, and. 
uh, we, I, I fell for him. I think even, you know, even the relationships I've had since him, I don't think I've ever loved a man like I loved him. But, and I actually, I could kick myself now for it, but, you know, it's life, it's experience. You do what you think is right in your head and your heart when you're going through those situations. I married him within four months of knowing him, of dating him. But I just loved him so deeply, you know. But I realized pretty soon into our marriage that he didn't really love me as much. I could just sense, you know, different cultures and things like that, you know, um, different upbringings and, and, and things. So I think that there's always going to be a miscommunication and, and things. But we, I, I tried and I guess he tried in his own way as well. But two years in, I uh, discovered that he went home to visit family and the country that he was from, a bit of a dangerous com- country for Westerners to go to unless they've got certain protections and things like that. And then the money side of it as well. So um, he went home for a period of five weeks. And in, and before that happened, you know, because we had been trying since the start, since we got married, we've been trying. And I remember month after month me being disappointed. And, and him, of course, you know, I think he was pretty disappointed as well because he wanted to have a child. And he uh, went home to visit family and spent five weeks there. And before he went home, I had started seeing a fertility doctor. And, you know, I was, you know, 100 plus kilos, probably 115, 120 kilos at the time. So, you know, I had weight issues and things like that. And I'm a fairly short girl, just 5'2", you know. So I guess all those things were making it difficult for me to fall pregnant and I went saw a fertility doctor um you know he put me on a tablet to you know increase uh ovulation the clomid people probably feel that but um obviously it didn't work in the time in the couple of tried that before he went away then he went home for those five weeks and came back and I was planning you know okay I have one more tablet or one more dose there to start again and within a week of him being home I discovered that he had an affair and gotten somebody else pregnant. So how did you discover this? Did did he confess it to you or you found out from another way? No, I just, before he went home there was a, he, he had a friend who also lived here in Australia. His friend had passed and he'd been in contact with his friend's fiance helping her um and it's from a from a country that, you know, families are often supported by their family members living in Western countries, you know, because the money's better or, or for whatever reason. And so he did help out, you know, in her situation. And I knew that they had a friendship, but I just, it never sat right with me because he'd also speak in his language to her and to his family and I never understood his language. So when he went over there, I just, it just didn't sit right with me, but I had to trust him, you know, he was my husband and, I loved him and I just wanted to believe the best. That's my that's been a theme throughout my whole life. I've wanted to believe the best in people that, you know, and it's always sort of failed me. But I I just had a feeling and just the way he was when he came home, I just happened to see his phone and saw a message come up and found a message from her and had her name on it and it was and she said something about how dare you accuse me of being with another man I don't know. I don't want to marry you anymore, and I don't want this baby anymore. You know. So basically, she was admitting to him that you know she was pregnant, and they'd had a relationship. And I just sort of just remember the feeling of my stomach dropping to the floor 
like the day that I found out what my first husband had been doing to his daughter, you know, just that complete other, complete um, gutted, you know, devastated. And I just confronted him straight away because I had trouble confronting him and it would take me a while. But I just confronted him straight away and I thought, no, I've had enough because he made me miserable for nearly two years, you know, made me just seem to like a like a child trying to get mummy's or daddy's attention, you know. That's how I felt, you know, just trying to get his love and acceptance and attention just because, you know, he'd, he'd do that to me, you know, he'd give me that and then he'd push me away again and then he'd reel me back in when he knew that he'd hurt me or he knew that he'd stepped out of line or something, you know. So... I just, I, there, there was that just gut sense that something was up. And so I checked his phone and, you know, um, saw that. And, you know, even right down to this day, if I spoke to him again, I'd still think he would deny it. You know, I even um, just happened to get into his emails because he'd given me his emails so I could check them while he was overseas. And um, I just remembered his password and I got in and I saw emails between them that proved it, you know, just proved it over and over again and he he had no basis to deny it but he still did so did he use you for a visa do you feel or definitely because we went through the whole process and he applied for the visa just after we got married and he paid for that and everything like that but and we had to go through the whole process you know, spouse visa and, and improving our relationship because, I mean, to me, our relationship was true. Yes, it was fast, but it was true and I, re- I printed out all our conversations that we'd had online even though he lived in Australia. I printed all that. I printed out our text messages. I took, I printed out photos. I had a folder to prove it because in my mind and as far as I know, everything was true. But I think ultimately his his intentions were a visa and while he um, was overseas doing all that his residency got approved and came through and he always said that you know he never wanted to become an Australian citizen he was a proud man from his own country and I won't mention where he was from but um, you know he never wanted to become an Australian citizen or and give up his own passport for an Australian passport and I remember two years after we separated um, it was time sort of to get the divorce happening and when he filled out the divorce papers he wrote down that he was a citizen and I said to him well you said you were never going to become a citizen and he said oh oh, I had to just different circumstances you know so yeah I think definitely he used me for a visa and when when I separated with him he I did contact immigration but you know nothing ever came of it and as far as I know now from what I have heard not that I ever really pay much attention just on the grapevine I have heard that his wife is now here and they've now got a couple of children well it does it does sound that you know that because he is now a citizen he's now applied to become a citizen he has to apply for someone else to come over here so yeah yeah no, that's that was the reason why I became a citizen. Uh, well you know look anyway we'll keep we'll keep moving forward I mean look that was You know, you've had two horrible relationships. I think if even, I think we've all had bad relationships in our lives. <laughs> but I mean, I can't. I mean, I'm quick to move on. I, I've no, I'm. I look back at um, girlfriends that I've had in the past and stuff like that, and I can't think of any animosity or any um, ones that even come close to situations like that. So yeah. for you to have two with. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. And um, so 
was it third time lucky? Where, where, where was it? What happened after this? Well, I mean, I think it was 2013 that that all happened and I, you know, was living sort of away from my family and so I made plans and I was lucky enough to have a family member that lived close by that allowed me to stay with them and I could stay in the job that I was in and save up a little bit of money and come home back to family. It was only an hour or so away but still, you know, I'm very close to my family. So I did that. So five years ago, Christmas just gone, I moved back home and you know, started to build a life for myself again, you know, got my own little unit that I rent and, 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 you know, starting to build life and be happy again, you know. And I did meet a gentleman, uh, I think, about uh, end of 2015-ish. And, you know, we, we were together for, uh, you know, 14, 15 months. But it was just, you know, he did have a child and he knew that I wanted to have a child, but it was just some things that, you know, never sort of fitted in that respect, you know. And, um, yeah, we ended up breaking up. And then sort of I was on my own a lot again, you know. So I have had a, t- a lot of time on my own, you know. been many, many Christmases where I've been the one that comes without a partner. And then I've enjoyed those Christmases when I've had somebody there to share my time with. But, yeah, then I started dating this gentleman that I just ended thing with uh, this time last year. So we've just sort of gone a year together and I said to him in the beginning, I want to have a child and I I made a big life change. I guess I did mention to you before we've had, you know, this, I made a big life, life change and got myself healthy and had um, gastric bypass surgery in November 2017. So, so um, hold on, you, you've got in a relationship, were you in a relationship with him already in, then or, or no? Just- no, I hadn't. I hadn't. Um, so I've overste- I've gone a couple of steps ahead. So yeah, no, on my own, I decided sort of in that year I'd been res- researching it for a couple of years, and I yeah decided to go ahead with the surgery, and I had that, and I met him two months later was after the, I had the surgery. Was the goal of the surgery with the idea of potential pregnancy, um, or was it more yeah. so uh, you just wanted to, I guess, Healthy. be thinner and healthier? Yeah, no, um, it was definitely both. I had had a few health problems. I'd been pre-diagnosed with diabetes. I've been diagnosed with early um, type two diabetes. Um, I'd had um, a few health, a few ear health issues. I had high blood pressure. Um, I had an episode in February 2017 where I was in hospital for a while, and they thought I might have had a couple of um, a stroke, a mini stroke. It turned out I didn't, but. It, you know, things were just progressively getting worse re- regarding my obesity and I thought I've really got to do something about this for my own health so that I could have a longer life, sure. But also that's, that that desire to, to be a mum has never, ever left. It's always been there, you know, like the type of person that sees, you know, you know, my videos online or friends and family or whatever and I'm clucky. <laughs> I've been clucky since I was 12 probably, you know, so... And, and tear up, you know, I can watch adoption videos on YouTube and be an absolute mess, you know, because it's just so ingrained into who I am, that maternal instinct, you know. You've done this gastric bypass surgery. Mm. Uh, you, I'm yeah. presuming the weight started to drop off rather quickly then? Yeah, so I had it in November 2017 and I met this gentleman in January 2018. By then I'd lost 20, about 20 kilos. and to date now, it's been, what, 14, 15 months. I've lost 55 kilos. Wow. Congratulations. So, 
Yeah, thank you. I'm sort of, you know, yeah, I'm really happy with that. You know, you still struggle with, you know, the same demons, I guess, that anyone struggles with with addiction and food and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But it's really helped me, given me that tool. It's not an easy road for sure, but it's given me that tool and that hope towards maybe achieving my dream, you know. And you, and I guess you feel a lot more alive and energetic now and happy and... and um... Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Sure, it's incredible to know. I mean, I've been overweight since, I mean, I'm 43, so I've been overweight probably since I was 17, 18, you know, um, mm. and progressively gotten worse as time gone has gone on, you know, um, especially since my first marriage breakdown, you know. Are you actively in the gym, gym now and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. So I play netball once a week um, in an indoor netball team with some friends, which has been great because I hadn't played netball since I was – a little girl really but I've also joined a sort of a group uh, with my work there's a there's a lady who runs a, a fitness group who's partnered with the company I work for and yeah their sub my company is actually subsidizing you know this challenge boot camp so I go I just went this evening actually to a boot camp and it's just half an hour but you can do a one or two and you just do all these exercises and you've got the support and it's really great I really do enjoy it you know and I'm actually really proud of myself that I'm you know before that sometimes they'll give you two different exercises one's the more challenging one and one's the easier one and I'm finding that I'm starting to now choose the more challenging one rather than the easier one so I'm seeing progression you know definitely oh, um yeah, that's good you know that's great good on good on you you know you're living a lifestyle now that you actually feel a lot more better and it's allowing you to do more things and yeah, it sounds like you, you know, it's been a real great improvement for you. Uh, so have you got any more, like, what is your goal? Have you got another goal to lose another 10 or 5 kilos? Or what was it yeah. maintaining now? Or was it toning? What's the, you know, oh, well, um, I've got a lot of loose skin being my age and that I've been overweight for such a long time. You know, I've got some loose skin there and, you know, people say, oh, maybe you can have surgery and, and, you know, have all that. But I'm not really interested in that at the moment. I want to just get healthy. I always I remember saying when I uh, when I started the journey, the weight loss journey, because I was about a size 26 in women's clothing, maybe, and some some 26s were quite tight. And I, I remember saying to myself, I'd love, I would be so happy to be a size 14. I'm now a size 14, you know, and that's you know a big achievement. And like I still want to lose more. You know, I'm never going to lose the, the skin unless I have surgery, but just to be able to get up in the morning and, and, you know, take the dog for a walk without struggling with it or, you know, come home and do a bit of housework because I, I was at the point where I'd just come home and flop on the lounge and barely be bothered to cook anything for dinner, you know, I'd buy takeaway or whatever, you know, just that lifestyle. But I can come home and do my whole house if I choose to, you know. So, <laughs> um, you know, just to keep living life like that is, you know, such a blessing compared to what I've had, you know, and I know that I did that to myself. But, yeah, it's definitely... Oh, great. I think I think that's great. I think that's great advice. You know, everyone in this community, wake up in the morning, get up early, put the uh, put your headphones on, listen to this podcast, and go for a walk and enjoy the life. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, look, it's fantastic. So we, you know, you you're losing all this weight. You're in this new relationship, okay? Right now, we we continue on from there. Uh, yeah. You've obviously from the very get go. You, so, what, your first, second day early on? How early on are we saying that you suggested that uh, hey, you wanted children? 
Yeah, I met him online on the dating website online and I remember one of our early conversations, I, I just said to him, look, I know it's a bit early to speak about this, we haven't even met or anything, but I just want to know that I'm meeting somebody that's on the same page. I do, and I knew that he had children, he has four children, but unfortunately hasn't seen them for two years, um, different circumstances, you know, that have happened and um, that really hurts him and I know that and I've always tried to support him to change that. But I said to him, I do want to have a child and I've got to wait 12 months after my surgery. My time is getting, you know, close to being over for that chance. So that's what I want. You know, I said, would you be willing, if we were to get into a relationship, um, fall in love, all that kind of stuff, would you be willing to have another child? And he thought about it and he said, yeah, definitely I would. You know, if that's, you know, in time... If the time is right and we're going to be together for a long time, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff, I definitely would. So I was happy with that, you know. I couldn't I couldn't start trying for a child until at least 12 months after surgery. That's what's recommended by surgeons. They say 18 months, but I just thought, no, nah, you know, give it 12 and then see how I go, you know. Yeah, so, and I know I have been dropping a few hints to him over the last couple of months, you know. It's coming up time, 12 months we've been together, 12 months for my surgery, um, I, you know, and he would just keep saying, yeah, yeah, it, it'll happen in time and just avoiding it, yeah. really just avoiding the whole conversation, I guess. I knew that he had issues in regards to, you know, the issues that, with him not seeing his own children and things like that, but I would always drop hints. You know. And then it got to, you know, January and I said, we've been together for a year now, let's maybe start to talk about this more and, yeah, yeah, he'd say, yeah, yeah, we'll get there, you know, in time, leave a little bit more time, and I'd be like, okay. And then just back probably about a month ago, I just, the, the desire is just getting stronger and stronger, you know, the thoughts in my head were just going, you know, you haven't got much time, Mel, you've got to do something, you know. And I just made a few inquiries about, I think I'm on a page on Facebook about, um, egg donation and things like that, you know, thinking that maybe that's what I'm going to have to look into, like, you know, or something. So I also I had a conversation with somebody from that page and they told me a little bit about different IVF clinics that, you know, um, do bulk bill. And I found out about one here in Brisbane that bulk bills and, you know, I mean, I work I work full time but I don't have a lot of money, you know, so I, uh, you know, I live... With- with that bulk billing IVF clinic, was that for donor for, for donor sperm as well? Because a lot of no, that's yeah. the one that I found out about. So the one that I found out about, they don't deal with donor eggs or donor sperm. So I actually had a phone call from one of them because I'd made a quite an inquiry online, and they um, said no, it's just partners involved, you know. Yeah. Um, and and they said that we would both have to have Medicare cards and you know, be at both every meeting and things like that. And I thought, okay, so I need to get him on board. And also that with that, the cutoff was 44 and I'm 44 in July. So that sort of made it more urgent because I was thinking maybe I'm going to have to do this by IVF, even having a partner. So that's what I was looking at, you know. And so I said to him, and I had a conversation with him three weeks ago. I said, right, this is it. This is what I, I really need to do for myself to, to be happy to, you know, I said, I, I love you and I want to be with you and I want to take this journey with you. I need you to agree, but I want it to start now. You know, the cutoff's 44. I've got to make some starts before July. And, and I, he said, just 
give me some time to think. And I said, okay. And he drew it out for three weeks. <laughs> and, yeah, you know? it's, it's just amazing, isn't it? I mean, look, this is not what you're, what you're telling me net right now and telling the audience right now. Uh, this is very common. Uh, the guys, uh, oh, yeah, 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 okay. And it's just a stalling tactic. And he's probably thinking, yeah. I mean, in his head, he's thinking you're 44, almost 44 years old. You know, yeah. he's probably thinking if I wait another year, her eggs are going to be buggered and it's just going to be, oh, sorry, babe. Um, I guess we're just going to have to live yeah. together with no more, ch- you know, with no you missing out on having children. And it's, yeah. I mean, if anyone's listening today and you're hearing the yeah, yeah, oh, uh, yeah, we'll talk later about it, we'll talk this and that and it's delayed, this is a common tactic. I'm sure men don't listen to any, um, uh, go to any, you know, advice groups to learn this tactic. I think it's just instinctively built in their head where they think, well, I'm happy to be with this person, but I've had four children. They're, you know, they're 10 years older and plus and some of them are teenagers and nearly adults and stuff like that. I don't want to, they're thinking, I don't want to deal with a baby again. Um, yeah. But the fact that they want to be in a relationship still, they just prolong it and hopefully, you know, we've had ladies and I hope you're not one of these ladies that has come on, just left a relationship and they've discovered that they've just, you know, they've just hit a stage in their fertility where it's decreased that badly that they've been diagnosed that they're now now infertile. And this is heartbreaking. This is heartbreaking for this sperm donor group, that this community that I run. Uh, you know, you get the media out there and they'll, they'll uh, you know, they'll make um, remarks about this, you know, coming online and using an online donor is dangerous or or you you can get STDs and all this has never happened. But what is happening is women are missing out on having children. Yeah, I mean, and... I don't want that, you know. I want, and I'm really passionate about it as well because it's I, to have all these conversations that I've had with people that come down with the reality of they're not having children anymore. It's it's so the feeling of it is such a bad down feeling, and it's oh, I I hate it. I mean, it's not I've got my children, but just the feeling of sharing those thoughts with someone. That they, you know, it's heartbreaking to hear this story for them, and uh, this is what I love about you coming on the show today, is because, you know, it's very important information that you know we've got. You've got to be strong. I mean, you you're, you're stating everything that these women have been thinking about as well. That they, you know, that everyone wants to be in a loving marriage, uh, loving relationship, and have children and raise it with another partner, and. Mm. It's becoming, uh, you know, a fairy tale these days. With the rates of divorce, you know, with the rates of divorce, they're so high. One in two people are divorced, and then and then there's fifty percent chance of it happening again in the second marriage. And uh, you know, you've had two failed marriages. You've had a couple of um, failed uh, relationships, and you're at that stage where you know you've you've, you've held on and. You're now at the last, you know, and you've and you've you've acknowledged it. You've noticed it now that 44 is a cutoff age, and you've just gone, "This is it." 
and it's, and you've you've decided this is enough now. So you're on the right direction. You're on the right track to giving yourself the best shot of having a child. Whereas some people they do leave it a bit longer. They you know they'll be in a relationship with this same guy for another year with him keep saying yeah yeah. I mean your circumstances are a little bit different because you had to wait one year now with this gastric ban anyway. You know you did have that time, but that one person that you put that year into. Yeah, I mean, potentially wasted my time. Well. Yeah, but you could have been putting your time into a man that wasn't, you know, like that either. And but the sad thing is, once you do get to your late thirties or your your mid thirties to early forties or mid mid forties and that, a lot of men aren't interested in having children or mm-hmm. or face or or desperate or jumping for joy about the excitement of having one. That mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, 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 and. I just don't want to see women miss out. And so, okay, so you brought it up with him three weeks ago. Yeah, and I, I just said to him, um, I just sort of made him, tried to make him realise how, I uh, guess, how desperate it was, you know, and how intent I was on doing this. And I said to him, um, you know what, if you don't want this, then I, I can't force you and I don't want to force you. And I don't necessarily want to end our relationship as a result of you saying no. I said I don't know how it would work considering, you know, what happens if I went down the path of doing a, a sperm donor or whatever and then I fell pregnant and I had this child. If we're in a relationship, how is that going to work? You know, what role are you going to play in that child's life? And, you know, there is I eventually want to be able to live with him because we didn't live together. So I eventually wanted that, you know, but if he wasn't going to be participating in the whole journey of creating the baby and you know what I mean, even if, for example, he might have been infertile and said, no, I'll still go on the journey with you, let's do this, then that's a different story. But he didn't want that. So I said, I don't know how that's going to work. So anyway, I pestered him for the last three weeks. I just said, I know I've got to give you time, but I mean, you know or you don't know. And I have people that I spoke to said, Mel, he should know, you know. I know he's got to think about it, but you either know or you don't, you know. And then finally I spoke to him early last week and I said, I need an answer. I just really need an answer. I need to know what my next step is, you know, especially since I joined this page and uh, this group and and started conversing with you and and all that. So um, I really wanted an answer. And he said, okay, I'll give you an answer this weekend. I said, all right. Left to Sunday afternoon when I finally said to him, come on, babe, you know, we need to have this conversation. How long have you went on? So if you, sorry, interrupt, but if you, you know, he's agreed that he's going to have the conversation this weekend. If you had have not brought it up, he wouldn't have brought it up, would he? Oh, I I don't think so because he did say, and, you know, I'm not even angry with him because of the way he, what he said to me, but I eventually said to him, sitting, we're sitting there, we'd had the whole weekend together, we enjoyed our time together, you know, we, we shared intimacy and all that kind of stuff. You know, we spent mostly our weekends together because of our work commitments. You know, we didn't see each other Monday to Friday most weeks. And and so um, I said, I just said to him, we sat down to watch a movie and I said, come on, we need to have this conversation. And we said, okay. And then he just said to me, I just don't think mentally and physically I can do this. You know, he said, I know what you want I know where you're at and I just don't think that I can do this for his reasons you know for the fact that he doesn't see his own children and that hurts him and you know he's 50 this year and 
you know, getting older and, and all that kind of stuff. And I completely, completely understand his, his logic and his reasoning to a certain degree. But he knew this for a year. He knew what I wanted for a year and that's the frustrating part. And he said to me, I could say to you, you know, let's give it more time. Let's, you know, give it another six months or another 12 months. He said, but I can't promise you that I'm going to feel any different and then I've wasted more of your time. So I appreciated that he he said that and he said to me, I don't know what the solution is because I said, well, what do we do now, you know? He said, I don't know. He said, but I was thinking that, you know, I don't know, maybe we need to separate because I don't want you missing out on your dream. So as much as what he's done might seem like a really low act and, you know, to a certain degree it is, and maybe I believe the two good in people, I don't know, but he also tried I guess the impression that I get he did try to think of me and he said I guess that I need to not stand in your way of having your dream so that if I step away maybe you can meet another man and fall in love and have a baby and I said you're it for me I said I am at that age now where I've just had enough of relationships in regards to romance I don't want that anymore just don't it doesn't I've just been hurt time and time again I'm not a bitter person I don't uh, I'm not saying I'm turning off men because every man's hurt me I'm not it's not about that I just I'm done with trying the, to have the traditional way and I'd said to him when we when I first had the conversation with him if you don't want this I'm going to do it on my own somehow some way I don't know how I don't know what I will do, how I'll even have the money for it or whatever, but I'm going to pursue it with or without you. So he knew that. And I think he was thinking that maybe I'd look for somebody else and start a new relationship, but that's not what I'm into. I, I don't want that. I just I just want to have a baby and live my life and be a mum. That's, that's basically it. I want to put all my heart and soul into this child and into my family and that's all I want. I don't want another relationship. <laughs> I'm not interested. Does he know that using a sperm donor could be an option for you? Uh, yeah, he knows that. Um, yeah, I was I was reasonably honest with him about it. I didn't sort of talk to him about the fact that I had, you know, joined the page, but I'd said to him I'd had looked into it because um, I was waiting for his answer, you know. So he, he knew that I was actively researching and looking and making inquiries and that kind of thing. So... Yeah, he knew I was serious, you know, and he knew that as much as I didn't want our relationship to end, I said to him, and it was it was obvious, we're going down different paths. As much as we wanted to be together in so many ways, I'm going this way, he's going that way. How can that work? You know, that's what that's what we decided. And so mutually we decided that, well, well we're going to go those different ways, you know. Yeah, that's all, that's I guess all you can do, you know. Have you got any advice for women that might be in the same situation to you? Like, like, do do you need to have it? Like, does it, does it feel really awkward having to bring it up all the time about pushing to have, you know, this conversation about having a child? Uh, you know, is it is there a time and place that you know you, you have to build up to to uh, get those words out? You know what I mean? Like, is it such a big thing to build? You know, to talk about? Uh, yeah. How would you advise women in this situation? Because there's many of them that are wanting children and they're getting a similar you know, situation that you're facing. Uh, yeah. Eventually you've put your foot down and done it. Uh, what can these women do to, you know, help, help in yeah. the situation? 
I think um, staying, staying true to yourself and what you want, you know, is, is a big thing and that's something I've realised. You know, I've always put partners before myself, you know, and as a result, I'm 43 years old and I still don't have a child, you know. Um, and I know that, that there was different circumstances in that and, and whatever else, but putting others first when sometimes you have to put yourself first and that doesn't mean it's selfish because as much as I don't, want my relationship to end, it's nice to have somebody to come home to or it's nice to have somebody that will ring you at the end of the day and say, how was your day, babe? You know, it's nice. But I want to be a mum so much more. And if that's what, you know, those women are out there in a similar situation, if that's what you want, go for it. You know, like that's because you're the one, you know, when it's said and done, you know, in 10 years' time, I'm the one that's hurting because I, my arms are empty, you know. I'm the one that's, you know, regretful because I've never given it that last-ditch effort. And this is what this is for me. This is a last effort. You know, I'm going to give it the next go somehow, some way over the next year or two and give it my all. And so if that's what you've got to do, whether you're 35 or 45, you know, do it for yourself if that's what you want and you've got all this love to give a child. Just do it because you, you're the one that's got to live with yourself, you know. My think, advice to myself and yeah. others. <laughs> no, I think it's really good advice. I mean, look, relationships come and go, but a child is forever. Uh, you know, you're going to have and love that child hopefully till the day you die. So, it, you know, I understand that urge and I think a lot of women do miss out on it sadly because they, you know, they didn't make this last ditch effort or they left it too long. So you did mention earlier that you were diagnosed with PCOS. Uh, now you've lost a bit of weight and stuff and that. Are you finding that you're, you know, obviously you're going to start looking into your cycles and stuff now um, and planning your body for pregnancy in the next uh, upcoming months? Yeah, so, um, I mean, uh, it was a few years ago I actually was tested again for PCOS and, and determined that I don't have it. I don't know what the issue is behind me falling, not falling pregnant in the past. As far as I know, I've never actually been pregnant. And, you know, in all the relationships, you know, marriage and whatever else, I've actually never fallen pregnant. So I started, I've done it before, but I started back in January, you know, um, in my cycle. So I guess that's what I have to be doing over the next couple of months, doing that, you know, eating healthier. I've just started taking um, megafolate, the advice from my GP, just to try to start to prepare my body and I'm going to have to start eating better and, you know, preparing my body in that respect. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to take each day as it comes and do my best and just keep that one goal in mind, that one. And, it, you know, it might take six months. It might take 12 months. I don't know. But if I've got that goal, and I think that's what's helping me to get over this breakup as well. So as much as I'm upset, you know, losing a, a person that I love, this is my goal, and I just have this focus that I've really never had before, I guess, you know, because I know that my time's running out. How did you come across Sperm Donation Australia? Um, I don't really even know. I think I might have just looked on Facebook for a page and I saw that and I went, oh, okay, that looks all right, you know. So I know there was, I know there's probably many others but I think maybe this one's come up first and I, so I applied to join and, you know, read through a few things and got the, you know, standard information I think that you send, um, you know, new members and had a little bit of a read of that. I haven't even read all of it yet but and just sort of 
you know, just watch the page for a few days and, you know, and it's only been uh, probably not even two weeks, you know. So um, I had a couple, of, a couple of conversations with you and sort of just gone from there, you know. Yeah, but it seems like it's very uh, legit and genuine, just the things that I've seen in there and I've not ever seen anything, I've not seen anything negative and so it just seems really... Yeah, seems really good. I'm still getting to know the community, of course. You know, I haven't really conversed with anyone yet, um, apart from yourself. So, yeah, and I think you know it's a very warm, um, welcoming community, and something that I'm really proud to be a part of myself. Uh, you know, despite anyone out from the outside trying to tell us any different, I think we, I think everyone that comes a part of it and gets involved in it, uh, we, we realise that we are in a special place here and, you know, it's it's great to have these uh, communities where we can all come together and converse, share share our stories and spill them and, and, and then have each other's backs to support them. Look, uh, I mean, look, Melissa, you sound like a lovely person. You sound like, you know, you, you've always been honest and maybe that's, you, you know, you, you, your goodness of trying to look the best of people in life has, has perhaps maybe, you know, got you in the situation where you are where you are now. I just, you know, I think you're heading in the right direction now. You, you made a you made a decision. You put, you know, you made you made the call to go down. You, you're going down this path now, you know. Mm. You're going down this path. You're going to start looking for a donor. Uh, if you're a sperm donor, in Australia, uh, in Brisbane, around Brisbane area, and you've, you feel compelled or, and like I have today to hear Melissa's story about her love and desire and want and determination to have a child. This is the type of woman that deserves a child. You know, I mean, she's got so much love to give. As a donor that screens women to potentially help, I would have no issues whatsoever if I was located in Brisbane and, and uh, in helping this lady. So I really hope uh, our donors reach out to you, Melissa, and uh, <laughs> they're willing to help. And I really, really would love to see a happy ending for your story. Uh, as a result of this group being able to help you achieve a child before, you know, those uh, eggs start to become withered up and, you know, no longer functional. You know, I, I, I just can't even think about a, another heartbreak story, so we're just going to concentrate. We're going to give it all, all we've got in this community to help you get a child. And you've got Sperm Donation Australia's back, We'll back you 100% in, in this journey because it's what we do here. <laughs> um, yeah. So, look, um, I, I want you to, you know, we've welcomed you in with arms wide open and, uh, yeah, we really uh, hope there's a good story with this and, and I'd like to wish you the best of luck. And, uh, yeah, so thank you very much for coming on the show today. You know, I really appreciate your support and encouragement, you know. <laughs> it's been good. Well, yeah, but we've still got work to do, so we're going to keep focusing yeah. on that and we're going to get there. So everyone, everyone listening today, have our fingers crossed for Melissa and if you see her on the page, give her some, you know, like give her a smile or very honest and share a lot of in-depth personal information with us today that, 
you know, it captures the story, a real life story of, you know, because we are human beings. We all have our stories. We all have stories and they're completely normal to talk about. Uh, you know, you don't need to feel ashamed um, of, of this. We don't, you know, what's happened in your life has happened, but we want to look towards the future. And for Melissa, this future is going to involve a baby. So thank you very much for coming on the show today, Melissa. I'm so happy to have you. And, yeah, look forward to hearing some good news in the future and we'll update the listeners if we do receive that. Yeah, awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you. And that's a wrap. Another episode of Sperm Donation World done. I hope this really revealing and truthful episode of Melanie's can help, you know, inspire other people with stories like, you know, not a... Not the same, I guess, but, you know, there's different, you know, uncomfortable stories out there that, you know, it feels good to speak about. Uh, And, you know, she's shown today that there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, So if you'd like to contact me to be on the show, you can find me via email on www.spermdonationworld.com. I am also on Facebook in those communities, so you can send me an instant message out there. If you'd like to, uh, you know, support us, we have our Sperm Donation World Patreon that has, you know, bonus content and episodes that go up from there. And, yeah, so everybody peace out and see you next time. Someday. Well, I guess if you say so, I have to back